will this morning turn with me in the gospel according to Luke, chapter 19. Our text will be found in verses 5 and 6. Luke 19, our verses are found very familiar to us this morning. Lord willing, the Lord makes them even more familiar to us. It's Luke 19, verses 5 and 6. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up, and he saw him, and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste, and he came down, and received him joyfully. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, how great and how merciful the Lord Thou art. How long-suffering Thou art to Thy people. O Lord, indeed, I praise Thy name this morning because of Thee. I thank Thee, Lord, before the people because of Thee. I stand before them today to proclaim Thy gospel, Lord, because of Thee. And I pray this day, Lord, You would humble us before Thee you would show us and reveal to us once again what grace is, O Lord. For we know in this world there is many counterfeits. We know in our mind there are very many counterfeits. But Lord, known unto thee is the depth of thy grace and the genuineness of thy grace. I pray, Lord, in this hour that thou would be pleased to bring us to thy feet, to reveal to thy children the depth of thy almighty grace. May you be pleased to visit us in this hour, Lord, for thou hast promised where two or more are gathered in thy name, that thou would be in the midst of them. We pray, O Lord, that thou would give us that mindset this morning, that you indeed are in the midst of us. And may your name be high and lifted up, and may you be glorified today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. What we have in our text this morning is grace. Sometimes we get lost in this world and sometimes we forget what grace is. I think many times we hear people that we're around, they use the word. and Sometimes you can see it and hear it in movies or you can uh, read it in headlines or wherever it is. The word grace has been bandied about a lot today. I know that the word of God is very clear about grace being particular. Grace is for the people of God. I know that we we love mercy so much, and the Lord is plenteous in mercy. Sometimes we use those terms interchangeably, mercy and grace. The difference is the Lord in His Word has said He'll have mercy on the just and the unjust. He sends the rain where it pleases Him. So we know that His mercies, too, sometimes fall on those that are unjust not justified in him but not grace grace is what he reserves for his children I think think about that in, in light of our passage this morning and, and as I prayed about that and the Lord revealed to me no better place for me to be today and, than in this passage and I hope it's the same for you we see in here irresistible grace we see seeking grace we see the power of grace we see transforming grace and all done by our Savior 
all done by the Lord. Man, man likes to presume upon grace. I found in my life the Lord has revealed that many times that I presume upon grace at times and always thinking or having that thought come into my mind that it doesn't matter how I'm living or where or what I'm doing, grace will always abound. But in the goodness of God and in His great providence, sometimes He's left me in the wilderness. And sin has abounded for a great amount of time. But when grace comes, grace is so super abounding that it abounds over the sin. It seems like may have been left in some sin for a long time. But then when grace comes in a split second, and in the depth of that grace, the Lord shows you that that sin as long as you've been in it, has been nailed to the tree, has been covered by His blood, that He had taken it far and far away. But grace doesn't stop there. And that's what I kind of want to focus in on today. Grace carries the child of God in this life. Grace is, is something that as Christ lives in His soul, the grace of Christ is what we see in our passage today. We see the grace of Christ in the soul of, of one called that as you'll see this morning he had no inkling he lived a life of sin he lived a life but it was unbeknownst to him even what he did wrong he saw nothing wrong in it he lived his life according to the rules of society and and he was very pleased in that but when grace comes and that's what I want to talk about today when the grace of God comes it comes with such power. So we won't put this off anymore. Let's just back up to the beginning of this chapter. Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And uh, Jericho was a cursed city, and but Jesus had to go there. He had to go there because he had one of his children. We're met with that in John 4 when the Lord met the woman at the well. He must needs go to Samaria. We, we meet that throughout the Scriptures. He's constantly asked by his disciples why he's going where he's going and what he's doing but the Lord's plan of salvation is to go to his lost sheep and bring them unto him and now he's got one in Jericho and as he entered and passed through Jericho we're told that our seeking merchant man I love that little two verse parable that's found in Matthew 13 again the kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant man seeking goodly pearls who, when he had found one pearl of great price, that is the church, he went and sold all that he had, that was his life, and he bought it. He purchased it with his death and resurrection. He purchased it from sure death. He purchased it because it's his church. It's his bride. He is our seeking merchant man. He seeks out his pearls wherever they are. I find great comfort in that because sometimes I look at this world and I think, wow, you know, it's a very dark place. And the more headlines we read, it seems to get darker and darker and darker. There doesn't seem to be much light in it. But the Lord assures us that He is our seeking Savior who goes and seeks His people wherever they are, no matter what the circumstance is, no matter where they're living, if, even if they're living in a 
communist society or a place that doesn't allow Bibles or a place that doesn't allow the name of Christ to be spoken, Christ comes to the soul. He comes to the soul. He reveals himself as the written word, as a, the saving word, and the word that was made flesh. So we come to verse 2, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. A great proclamation. There was a man there named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans. Now we know the publicans were the tax collectors, and we know that they were hated. They had... Uh, purchased their job from the Roman government and there wasn't much watch set upon them. So what they would do is they would exact the tax for Rome and then they would exact more tax for themselves. And that's how they garnered their wealth. And Zacchaeus was no different. In fact, we're told in the Word of God he was better at it than anybody else. He was better at it, better at that and taking money that wasn't his and, and putting that burden on the poor. And that's what I said, you know, um, sometimes we don't, we think grace is a deserving thing. Well, that guy over there, he's lived all his life and he certainly has been kind to others and, and now he's been hit with this disease or something. He deserves God's grace to come to him. We don't have any problem with that. If we saw God's grace be put upon him and this one turned from, from a life that he lived and brought to the the throne of God, and that would speak and we would praise God for that. But these pictures try us. The ones that are in our societies that are the dregs which we would look at and we would stay away from and those that would cause us great harm and we look at those people in the world today and we've got them as soon as I said that, it, those people are coming to your mind. People that you would pick out in society today and say, wow, there's no way that one could be a child of God. There's no way that one could be a child. And Zacchaeus was that type. Zacchaeus was one that was looked at with much disdain and much hatred. But in verse 3, we're told something very curious. Now, up to this point, Jesus had walked this earth for quite a while and he had done many miracles. And we're told in the Word of God that the fame of Jesus spread throughout all of the cities and everybody around had heard him. So Zacchaeus, he came in verse 3, it says, He sought to see Jesus who he was. And sure, I am sure as I stand here that there was a curiosity that Zacchaeus had. He had, he had to see him for himself. And I think about how grace begins in the soul. I think about how I ever could want this Savior or want to follow him or want to hear his voice. There has to be a desire. The Lord comes to the child of God in what we call an effectual call or the call of the soul. Or, but He comes with power. And He puts a desire there that's never been there. We've lived our life. We've gone on and maybe we've sought religion. and Maybe we've been comfortable in religion for a long time. and Maybe we've done the things or traditions of our parents and grandparents and those before us and, and we've lived a life just a long way like that and, and that's been pretty pleasing to us but grace when Christ comes to the soul he puts a desire in the soul that's never been there a desire for him 
When the Lord births His children into the kingdom of God, they have a desire like they never had. They once desired the things of the world, as Zacchaeus had. They once desired a name to be the chief in whatever it is that they did do, like Zacchaeus had. But something put in him made him desire to see Jesus who he was. Not to just go and see Jesus as he passed through, but to see Jesus who he was. Asaph said it this way in Psalm 73:25, Whom have I in heaven but thee? A work had been done in Asaph's soul so that his desire was to one that was greater than anything here on earth. And his desire caused him to pen, and the Holy Spirit said, Whom have I in heaven but thee? Is there any other? Is there, is there a God out there? Is there someone? Is there something that's greater than the life that I live in? And, and the answer of grace is, yes, there is. The answer of grace is Christ in the soul. There is a mysterious but yet revealing force in us. When I say revealing, it must be revealed. Christ's seed and life is in His children. And, it, and it's amazing to me as I read the Bible and I read those that the Lord's transforming grace as Saul, which came Paul, or or Abraham, which we'll talk about a little bit later, or all of these ones that we have on record had such a life of sin and idolatry and religion. But when the Lord called them out of that, they had one desire. A desire to follow the shepherd. They said that, Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. There's none, Lord that I desire beside thee. See, that's transforming grace. That's what grace is. It causes the child of God to see things not on this plane. We love our mates. We love our children. We love the brethren. But when the Lord works in the soul, that first commandment is fulfilled. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul and all thy mind. That's what He gives us, a heart to love Him. Solomon in Proverbs 13, 12 wrote, Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. But when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. I think about that verse right there and I say, wow, Solomon saw Christ. It is the tree of life. Christ is the tree of life. And that's what hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire for the Lord comes, when it comes, it is the tree of life. Life is in the soul of the child of God. It's transforming life. The things that we used to love, we don't love as much anymore. We don't love them supremely anymore. They're put down in their rightful place. And the Lord Jesus Christ is exalted. So he sought to see Jesus who he was. But he could not for the press. There was a lot of people there. A lot of people. 
young, old, whatever it was. But he was little. He was a little guy. He was short. And I'll tell you something. If God is pleased to be to send truth into your soul at this minute and make you true to who you are, you have a hindrance. You have a hindrance today to come to Christ. You have a hindrance in seeking Christ. I, I, I easily say it's sin, but we all have these things in our life. We're all peculiar to things that are more idolatry in our lives than other things, and yours might be different than mine. Zacchaeus had a hindrance. He was little. But see, Zacchaeus was also a smart man. He's a rich man. He figured out how to make money. So Zacchaeus figured a way to Christ. Man always can figure a way to Christ. But I want you to see something that Zacchaeus did because we have to see, and I hope we see by revelation this morning, that when left to ourselves, we do the very same thing that Zacchaeus did. See, Zacchaeus turned somewhere. He turned to himself. And he said, basically, what can I do to apprehend Christ? What can I do to see Him? All our life in religion, we've been told there's things to do to find Christ or to seek Christ, whether that be going to church or, or going to prayer or reading our Bibles or doing good deeds. Depends on where we were brought up. I know I was brought in more on that slant in the church in the young age that I was that we would attain a, a meeting with the Lord. We would see Him more in our life if we did more for others. Well, that's not much different than Zacchaeus. He had a problem. He was short. He couldn't see over the people, so he ran before all of the people. He went up where Jesus would be coming and he climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him for he was to pass that way. So in his own mind, in his own ingenuity, in his own way, he went up and he went to seek Jesus where he could find him. And as I said already, this is a picture of the child of God when left to themselves to go scrambling to find a way to Christ. What way can I do? And if you notice this, don't miss this. Zacchaeus went up. We always go up in our own minds, in our own religion, and the only way in our minds we think to seek Christ is always to go up. It's always that way. We got to go up in our deeds. We got to go up and tell people what we've done for Christ. We got to live out there and say, this is how this. But is that the way of Christ? Christ didn't go up, Christ went down. Christ humbled himself. You and I today, when we're left to, to try to seek him on our own, we try to always go up. We always try to get above the world. We always try to give above where the next person is and say, Lord, I sought you this way. Now come and reward me because of that. And he got all up in that sycamore tree. And I, I'm telling you, 
He's not the only one that was there. There's throngs of people there and, and they're all wanting to see Jesus. I read many commentaries that said they believed the trees were full of people. I don't know whether that's true. The Bible's silent on it. It only told us that Zacchaeus was up there. But there is something that's going to happen here shortly in our text that does tell us that maybe there were more people there. So Zacchaeus, as he ran before, and he climbed up into the sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And all of that, by introduction, brings us to our text. Grace. The depth of sovereign grace. Zacchaeus has done everything in his power now. He's done everything he can to do what's right in his mind to find and to seek Jesus. I've ran ahead of the group. I've ascended up to a tree. I've lifted up myself. That must be the way. Isn't that what they're taught at this time? Isn't that what the Pharisees teach them? Isn't that what's being taught in the synagogues? Look at us, how good we are. Look at those men over there, how bad they are. God's favor must be upon us. Look at us, we're in these special places. God's exalted us in these places of rule. We control society. See how, see how the mind goes in man? This must be God's favor. But Jesus says something very powerfully in our text in verse 5. When Jesus came to the place, He came to the place. He sought out His child where He was. He sought His, his goodly pearl. He came to Him in that place and He looked up and saw him. He looked up directly to where Zacchaeus was. Now, as I said, you got a picture. There's throngs of people. He can't get to Jesus. He goes up and gets in a tree. How does Jesus know to look up in that tree and know where Zacchaeus is? It's almost a ridiculous question to ask. It isn't for you and I, because we wouldn't know. We don't know where God's people are. But the Lord comes and he seeks out his child. And we're told in John 14, 18, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Christ comes to his people. You say, well, wait a minute. Zacchaeus, not, he doesn't need comfort. He's a rich man. He's got the titles of this world. He's got a title saying he's better than everybody. He's not needful of anything, and I hope you don't see it that way. I hope you see someone who is in dire need. Someone who's left, left, lived his whole life without the presence of Christ in his soul. But now there's a desire given. There's something given where he has to see Christ, but once again, he does it in his own way, in his own knowledge, in his own way to come to Christ. So Christ, when he came, he looked up and he saw him and he said, Zacchaeus, make Paul reminds us in Romans 9.16, So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. Oh, Zacchaeus ran ahead. Zacchaeus got up there. Zacchaeus did everything he could. But Jesus' proclamation of the gospel to Zacchaeus was the very opposite. He came, looked up, and saw him, and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste. Redeem the time, 
Come out from where you've lifted up yourself and come down. Did you hear that? He said to his child to come down. To make haste and come down. The Lord will not have His people to be exalted in this world. He will not have them to ascend up to meet Christ. They must be brought down. John said it best when he said, He must increase and we must decrease. It's a must. It's the Lord's way. Zacchaeus' way and the way that we're taught is to find a way that we can stick out. That we can be, that we, it's in our mind. It's in our fallen nature. We want to be noticed. But the Lord said to him, all that you've done is nothing. You must come down and make haste doing so. Because the, the road and the wide gate that leads to destruction, we need to flee from it. We need to flee every hour. We need to flee the wrath to come. We must make haste. And when the power of the Lord comes for His children to make haste, they make haste. He said to his child, Zacchaeus, because he knows his children by voice. Like I said, John 10.3 says, To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name, and he leadeth them out. And he ha it had to be a particular call, because as I, I, I allude to, I do believe there was other people up in that tree. There certainly were other people in the crowd. So when he called Zacchaeus, just as we heard when Lazarus was in the tomb, he called his sheep by name and he said, Lazarus, come out. So all of those dead people that were in the tomb didn't come out because the Lord gave life to one. And as Zacchaeus was in that tree, the Lord gave life to one. He gave life to one in that crowd that day that we have on record in the Word of God. This is the depth of sovereign grace where it transforms. It takes man where he was and turns him. We're going to see that here in a minute. It turns him away from the path that leads to destruction. And the new path that he's set on is the path which the porter opened. And the shepherd calls him and says, walk this way. This is the path of eternal life. That is the path of destruction. Philippians 1, I'm sorry, Philippians 2, 8, we're told, said this, Paul wrote this of Jesus. He said, In being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and he became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. See, if we're in Christ, that humbling Christ did of himself is the humbling that we will receive. When the Lord says, Make haste and come down, the child of God must make haste and come down. Because the power is an effectual power that we've never experienced ever before in ourselves. Do we have the ability to go up? 
Do we have the ability to lift up ourselves? Absolutely. In pride, in wonderment, in seeking, whatever it is. But when the Lord speaks to us from the grace that's in Him, He calls His children to come down. Hurriedly. Come down and away from that life. Come down and away from the debauchery and the sin and the unbelief and the life that is now revealed to us as the wrong life. That's what's so transforming in this is we're already told Zacchaeus is at the top of his profession. What else could he do? He's the greatest of tax collectors. He's one of the richest men of all. Where else could he go? He's achieved all these things. He's at the top of the mountain. When I was a child, we loved to play that game, um, King of the Mountain, and we had these at, in our school. We always was under construction, so we always had big piles of dirt, and we would climb up there, and the guy at the top would always try to fend off all the people running up to him. He was the king, and he would throw everybody off. Of, that's why Zacchaeus was. He was the king in this world, so he thought he was. But something in him caused him to run to seek Jesus who he was. And in doing so, Zacchaeus is going to have revealed to him who he is. Who Christ is and who Zacchaeus is himself. Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. For today... Just like he said to the thief on the cross, today you must be with me in paradise. Spiritually speaking, today Zacchaeus will be with Christ in paradise. Today I must abide at thy house. There must be an abiding in Christ. Now we know the place to go for that, so hold your finger here and just turn with me over to John 15 real quick. Two of my favorite, favorite verses in all of the Word of God. John 15, we'll just begin in verse 4. Jesus said, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Zacchaeus, you cannot bear fruit of yourself. Child of God, you cannot bear fruit of yourself. You can go up all you want. You can ascend to every tree in this world. You can lift up yourself all you want. But you will never bear fruit in yourself. And of course, he's looking for other fruit, isn't he? Not the riches of this world, but the riches of the kingdom that are found in him. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. And one of my favorite texts, no more can ye. Oh, Zacchaeus, no more can ye exact that anymore. No more can ye, Zacchaeus, go back to the life that you had. No more can ye live that life of sin. No more can ye live in this world exalting yourself. No more can ye have that thought anymore that you can raise yourself to meet me, to find me, to seek me, 
No more. No more can you. Except you abide in me. Because in Christ, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Then he's going to tell us in the next verse, I am the vine. Ye are the branches. I am the one that nourishes. I am the life. I am the life of the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. That's how we bear fruit. Christ in us, the hope of glory. It's all His work. We are His workmanship, created in Him. For without Him, without me, you can do nothing. That's what He said, Zacchaeus, make haste, come down. For today, back in our text, today I must abide at thy house. Today, I must abide with you. This is union revealed. The vital union that the Lord has with His children. He reveals that union to them when He births them into His kingdom, when He reveals Himself, and He reveals that no more can we. We just can't walk that way anymore. That's death. We can't think that way anymore. It's bondage. We've been delivered now by the Deliverer who has told us that there's life in Him, who has shown us that there's life only in Him, that the fruit that He bears in His children, He does it Himself because He's full of fruit. And without Him, we can do nothing. Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide. And there's no breaking of that abiding we be in Christ, no man can pluck us out of his hand. At thy house, spiritually speaking, that's in our soul. In our very being, the Lord must abide in our soul to give us life. And if that life is not present in you today, if you don't, if you haven't been given or felt or been overcome by this irresistible grace, you'll know it. You'll know it because as you examine yourself, you'll see that maybe this hasn't happened. Maybe I value all of these things in this world a lot more than I do Christ. Or maybe it's maybe today the power is not that strong in you. Maybe it's just enough that the Lord says to you, you know you love Him, but you don't know how to get there. You just don't know how to get there. I've tried to do I've tried to climb the trees, Lord. I've tried to do this. I've tried to do that. And grace must carry the child of God. Grace must be the child of God's life. The grace that's in Christ Jesus. Today I must abide at thy house. And guess what grace does? The grace of faith, the grace of love, the grace of peace, the grace of Christ in the soul is action. It's not deadness, it's life. It's light in the soul. And as a receiving vessel, as one who could not do any of this, he made haste and he came down. Minutes earlier, he thought the way to Christ was going up. Now he believes the way to Christ is is to be brought down. 
That's what grace does. Subdues the pride and puts it down. Exalts Christ and says, He must increase, you must decrease. And gives a willingness in the soul and in the life to be made subject to Christ, to being one of Christ's disciples and followers. To being a sheep who is in need of a great shepherd. He made haste and he came down and he received him joyfully. Joyfully. Because that's the joy. That's the fruit of the Spirit in the soul. Joy. He had great joy, but he just lost everything in this world. You say, well, how do you know that? Because grace has transformed him. He's going to tell us that in a minute. Grace has showed him that that stuff just isn't that important anymore. Paul tells us in Romans 1, 4 and 5, and he declared to, speaking of Christ, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for His name. You see that? The Lord said, come down. He could do nothing else. Grace brought him down and he came and he made haste. The Lord said, make haste and come down. And he made haste and he came down. And you and I today can proclaim in, in that unity, in, in that union with the Lord, I love you, Lord, because you love me first. I believe, Lord, because of your faith. Lord, I have peace in my soul that you have died for me because He is our peace. Oh Lord, I know that You are the Lord of, this, of these Scriptures because He is our wisdom. He's made unto us wisdom. Oh Lord, I know that everything You do is righteous and everything I do is filthy rags. Why? Because He's made unto us righteousness. And that's the power of His grace to be brought down. He had great joy. We know that in the Word where He would met the one that was rich once before, the young ruler, He didn't go away joyful. The Lord revealed the to, to Jesus His total surrender of everything in this world. But when we're left to ourselves, it doesn't matter how pious we are or how much we've done, there's just some things we won't part with. And that was the case for Him. Because it wasn't grace. And so he went away very sad. But that's not the case with Zacchaeus. Because he was given of the faith and the love and the peace of the Lord to come down. Paul writes in Romans 14, 17, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. And we also have the fulfillment of what he wrote in Romans 5.20. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more. But now we go on to finish this section. This shouldn't surprise you. should not surprise you. In fact, you should identify with verse 7. And when they saw it, when the world and all of its religious people 
And all the people not religious, doesn't matter, when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. Oh, that's not the religious way. Oh, we got all these people over here that are highly righteous. We've cleaned the outside of the cup. You're not going to find anything wrong with us. We've done our duties and we've done our tithes and we've done our taking of the ordinances and we've done all these things. How could you go and pick and abide with that one? Because He came to save sinners. He didn't come to call the righteous. He came to save sinners. And praise be to God that He did. Because one of the first things you'll learn about yourself when grace comes to the soul and Christ comes to the soul is He'll convince you that you're a sinner in need of that grace, in need of His blood to cover the multitude of your sins. Oh, they saw it. They all murmured, saying that He was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. But then Zacchaeus stood up. And he said unto the Lord, he turned his back on the religious man. He turned his back on all of those that he had, that he had exalted himself to a place that he was right there with them all of those years. But now, he turned to the Lord. And he said to the Lord, this is what I said earlier, grace transforms. Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor. I'll give to the poor half of everything that I have. Why? But you're a rich man, Zacchaeus. Don't you care about wealth? Don't you care about having that name as being the one that is the greatest of all? No. No. Because grace has said to Zacchaeus that life is more than that. Life in Christ is far superior to that. Life in Christ is life. Half the goods I give to the poor and have taken anything from any man by false accusation, and he surely had, I will restore him fourfold. I'll give him four times as much. If I take it and it's dishonest, Lord, I'll give him so much more back. Why? Because where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. And he saw it and it was witness to his soul that Christ had saved him from the wrath to come. He had saved him from the life of headed into death. Certain death. And the world around looks at it and says, why would you give up your spot? And they'll murmur as they do all the time. Paul wrote in Titus 2, 11 and 12, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. What does grace do? Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. That's what grace teaches us. To live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. It's the life of Christ being conformed to His image. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. And, and, and Zacchaeus said, all of that stuff, Lord, it means nothing to me. It means nothing to me. 
I'm coming. I'm coming to you're coming to abide with me. And Jesus said unto him, This day, this day, Zacchaeus, a day that Zacchaeus will remember as the Lord coming to his soul in great power. This day is salvation. Come to this house. It's come to this soul. It's come to this child of God for as much as he also is a son of Abraham. And that has three meanings. First and foremost, when Abraham was called by God, he was living in idolatry. He was living in a foreign land. He had no thought of God. He had no thought of following God. But when grace came, he left it all. He left all that idolatry, and as we know, he did not return to it. So that's the first way. But the second way that he was a son of Abraham is the Lord revealed Himself to Abraham. Jesus said to Himself in John 8, 56, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see My day, and he saw it. He saw My day. He saw that I would die for My people. He saw that I would be resurrected for My people. And he saw Himself as one of them. He saw life in Christ. He rejoiced to see My day. He rejoiced to see the salvation of the Lord. And that's what Jesus said this day was given and revealed to Zacchaeus. And of course we know the faith that was given to Abraham to come down and to come out. And he left his land and he didn't look back and he went blindly. And Zacchaeus is leaving his post and he's going, Lord, wherever you lead what grace is not all this stuff we hear in this world grace and, and that's if you're, if you're astute to that and the Lord has revealed to you what grace has done in your soul that's what you're drawn to in the people of God what grace has done in their life what the Lord has called them away from what the Lord has kept them all of the years or as many years as he has for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. The God-Man. The Son of God. The Son of Man. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Matthew 1.21 tells us, She shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Today, is an accurate account of how Jesus saved Zacchaeus. Long before Zacchaeus ever walked this earth, he was safe and secure in Christ. But in this day, it was revealed to him, salvation is of the Lord. And salvation is only by grace. And may the Lord fill our souls with that thought and that truth today as we go from this place. How great grace is in Christ Jesus. Dear Heavenly Father, add Thy power, add Thy grace and Thy mercy as only Thou can. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.